Reach new career heights with University of Maryland's Robert H. Smith School of Business. Flexible MBA and MS options. GMAT and GRE not required. Learn more at go.umd.edu slash smithschool. University of Maryland Smith School of Business. Inspired, fearless, unstoppable. You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez-Clary. Sponsored by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back into the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick and Rico hanging out with you guys as usual. 402-464-5685, the Honda Lincoln Hotline, the Sarder Heyman text line. Both those will be open for you guys the rest of the way here. It's time to head to the phone lines as we have our good friend and our usual Monday guest, Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska, joining us. Steve, what's up, man? How was the weekend? Hello, gentlemen. The weekend was pretty good, I'd say. Um... Not, not much going on, just watching a lot of good football, I guess. But, uh, yeah, it was a kind of leading up to an entertaining Monday, I yeah. guess, for the Husker fan base. Be- before we dive into that, how riveting was that uh, Husker basketball game on Friday? Yeah, you know what? Um, not very riveting. <laughs> um, it was the best game was, of the weekend, you know, right? Going into it, you know, we knew that Jordan Gary wasn't going to be able to go, but then, mm-hmm. you know, about 45 minutes or so before tip when it, when it was revealed that Sam Greasel wasn't going to be out there either with a with a hip injury, um, you know, it just kind of um, is a is a bummer for the Nebraska basketball team. And uh, yeah, they just uh, really struggled to score there for against a really good Purdue team. But um, yeah, not very riveting. The, if I had a nickel for every time Sam Greasel was scratched 15 minutes before tip, I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's surprising that it's happened twice. Yeah, it is. I was I was thinking that exact same thing, Rico. Uh, it's like, oh, we we've seen this before. I I forget which which game it was. I think it was uh, Indiana, if I if my memory is is correct. But yeah, so. um, you know, it, he's a he's a guy who's played a lot of basketball and has had some injuries in his system. Um, you know, a, a real bummer um, when that when that happens. But um, yeah, so hopefully hopefully that'll be not happening as much in the near future for the Huskers. <laughs> we're, we're joined by Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska, the rival site covering the Huskers. And, and it's been a busy couple of hours here. Um, but I also will say that it was busy last week. Um, you and I were talking about the two offensive linemen guys that uh, that Nebraska eventually would miss out on. We, we knew about Micah Mazuka, but then Walter Rouse decides to commit. And then Saturday, less than 72 hours later, he decides to uh, flip it to Oklahoma. I mean, what was your immediate reaction there? And were you surprised? Uh, initial reaction was um, it's a massive gut punch. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's no denying that a guy like Walter Rouse was going to come in and be an immediate day one starter, um, probably at left tackle. Um, and and you know that's it doesn't really happen that often with with college football. Um, these these um, offensive tackles who have a lot of games and reps and experience under their belt. It's not often um, that you land those guys if you're if you're a program like Nebraska who's trying to you know win more football games and and um, be relevant. So mm-hmm. the fact that they got him first was was really impressive, and it was um, just something that I think a lot of fans and especially the coaches were we're probably really, really excited about, but you know, when the news came across Saturday that he had decommitted and then committed to Oklahoma, um, one of the programs in his top three, along with Iowa, 
it was just a huge gut punch, and it, and it tells you what re, uh, recruiting in the transfer portal in 2023 is going to be, and it shows it gives you a lesson of what can what can happen because this uh, portal flips are real and they're going to keep happening. Um, so you just always have to have it in the back of your mind that anything can anything can happen, anything is possible with these guys, especially when it's a a left tackle that a lot of good programs want, who has a lot of experience. Those guys are like gold. Everybody wants them. So um, mm-hmm. good on Nebraska for initially getting him. But, um, you know, Oklahoma will we'll have a last laugh here. Uh, um, I'm sure NIL had something to do with it. But, um, yeah, I mean, these things are going to keep happening, especially when you're um, trying to recruit out of the portal. Steve, you got to think that, I mean it- – just last Monday, we were talking about, hey, there's a chance Nebraska, you know, on on hey, there's a there's a home run chance that if Nebraska goes two and zero on offensive linemen, or you know, we we thought I think if you would have asked a lot of people, they were going to go one and one with Micah Mazuka ended up be ending up being the guy eventually, but then it got flipped. Walter Rouse was ended up being the guy, and now Nebraska struck out both times and was zero for two. It's no secret that this staff believes they need to add offensive line portal depth. I mean. Or even portal starters, I suppose, because I think both of those guys could have come in and competed for the starting job right off the bat. I mean, this are, are, should we expect Nebraska to just keep on hammering away at the portal for offensive linemen now? Absolutely, yes, that is one hundred percent what I think that they're going to do. And I go back to what Matt Rule has said in his introductory press conference and then at his signing day press conference. He's not going to be shy about um, trying to take as much talent on the offensive line and defensive line, just the line of scrimmage in general. He's not going to be shy about doing that because he understands. Um, he's talked, Matt Rule has talked a big game about uh, understanding that the line of scrimmage um, is where football games are won and lost most of the time. And I know he said um, right away uh, that, that he likes what Nebraska has in the offensive line room, but that's seriously not going not gonna to keep him from looking in the portal and taking big swings on guys that that could come into a program and start immediately. And, mm-hmm. and Walter Rouse was one of those, and Micah Mazuka is one of those. But Walter Rouse is going to Oklahoma, and Micah Mazuka is going to Baylor. Nebraska thought they had both of them, um, and they yeah. lost out on both. But, you know, it's a, it's a good start with Ben Scott. He he plays a position to need at center. Could be a right tackle if needed, but he'll probably, he'll probably be a starting center uh, week zero. So, um, yeah, I mean, they're going to keep hammering it. I don't know. Now, the thing with offensive portal linemen, from everything I've, I've read and heard, is you know the really good ones they get they get snatched up pretty early. Nebraska learned that with Micah Mazuka and uh, Walter Rouse. Now the guys now there's going to be another wave of transfers coming coming around the springtime uh, once uh, spring practices get going. Now those guys that uh, enter enter the portal are they going to be as good as the ones who entered it after the season uh, or, or toward the end of the 2022 season? I'm not really sure. I I don't believe that they're going to be as um, many good options available, um, but you know it's it's just another going to be another wave of guys that you know Nebraska is going to definitely take a look at and you know should considering what's coming back. Sticking on the offensive side of things and and sticking with the portal talk, uh, IGC takes his name out of the portal and was back with Nebraska and Xavier Betts, who a couple weeks ago we learned put his name into the portal, which was a little confusing, is also back with Nebraska's team. What does that do to the wide receiver room, and how is Garrett McGuire going to handle the emotions of some of those players who might believe that those two quit on the team last season? Yeah, so that's that's an interesting dynamic. First of all, with um, let, let's just go with IGC. 
he is, I think, I think he's going to help um, the wide receiver room because, you know, I, I know he got a bad rap for, for maybe how he played uh, when, when he was at Nebraska first, um, had some fumble issues and, and everything that might be, that maybe um, soured some in the fan base. But I, I ultimately think that he's a guy that helps the wide receiver room. Um, he, he's still really fast. Uh, he still, you know, did some really good things at New Mexico State. And, you know, I, I think he might have um, maybe, maybe just given up a little bit too early and maybe called it quits. But, yeah, that's a real thing, Rico, is, is you know, leaving a team and then coming back. How, how, is, how are his teammates going to respond to that? Same thing with Xavier Betts. These guys are talented guys who can help, who can help the uh, room. But it's going to be, I think, just kind of a challenge. I mean, Garrett McGuire, for, for being um, 23 years old, going to be 24 in February, he's, that's a heck of a job for your first um, kind of job to step into a room and try to, you know, create a family-like atmosphere um, with, with those two guys who, who left the team and then came back. Um, but, but they are guys who can help, who can ultimately help, I believe. So uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's definitely an interesting dynamic and, you know, kind of like the first big challenge of a super young guy in Garrett McGuire who's, you know, has his first job in college football ever is coaching Nebraska's wide receivers. Um, so it's, it's going to be really interesting to watch. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, they, they have some good additions. The Huskers do, especially Billy Kemp. I, I really, really like what a healthy Billy Kemp can be able to do on the field. That's kind of a slot receiver at 5'9", um, a, kind of a shifty guy that reminds me a little bit of Wondell Robinson. So, um, But, yeah, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how Garrett McGuire handles all this. We're joined by Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska, and, and Steve, before we uh, have to let you go here in a couple minutes, I, I want to talk about the tight end room a little bit, because Nebraska was targeting a, a former Georgia tight end, Brett Seether, through the transfer portal, had a late visit to Lincoln, I, I want to say over the weekend, correct? Yes, yes, okay, so here over the weekend. Yeah, so he, he visits Nebraska over the weekend and then this morning decides to commit and enroll in school at Georgia Tech. So Nebraska misses out on a on a tight end that had I want to say four catches in his his entire career at Georgia, but obviously there you're backing up some of the best tight ends in Brock Bowers um, for for the Georgia Bulldogs. So when you look at Nebraska's tight end room and what they have, uh, not a whole lot of proven production with with Nate Borkatcher being, I mean, suppose I, I guess your most experienced proven production player, Thomas Fedoni coming off of two ACLs, and and Chris Hickman, who's in that room, has been switching back and forth from wide receiver and tight end and, and stuff like that. So, what's your read right now on the tight end room for Nebraska? Yeah, so Brett Seether is an interesting one. Obviously, everybody knows Georgia that you know they're not lacking for talent at literally any any position. Um, and especially at tight end, you mentioned Brock Bowers, but there was also Darnell Washington, yes, um, who are two NFL caliber um, tight ends who are going to be both going to be in the league. Then they also had a true freshman that they're really high on, Oscar Delp, and he had I, I think six catches in 2022, which is six more than Brett Seether had. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously Seether was looking for playing time, and you know he's he's winding up and going to Georgia Tech after vis- visiting Nebraska, but you know. It, Hypothetically, if Brett Seether would have came to Nebraska, I don't think that it really magically makes the Huskers' tight end room all that much better. It just adds, in my opinion, another unproven kind of body there. Now, that's not saying I don't want to, um, you know, say too much bad about Brett Seether because you know he, he he is unproven. But the good thing that I think he would have added is just another veteran guy who has been around and inside a really good um, program and knows what good football is supposed to look like. He's he would have been a fifth, he'll be a fifth year 
player in 2022 and, you know, four catches to his name at, in four seasons at Georgia. But um, he would have, he kind of reminded me, just going back and watching a little bit of film of him, he reminded me of Thomas Fedoni, um, who's kind of like, you know, we haven't seen much of him, but, you know, on paper, he looks like a really good receiving option at tight end, a guy who you can put in the slot and maybe match up on some safeties or some bigger, slower linebackers, and he'll run away from them. So that's what I think Brett Seether is going to do pretty well at, at Georgia Tech um, now that he'll have some um, more opportunities to, to catch the ball. But what I'm wondering about is is the blocking. Um, you know, tight end, Matt Rule, I, I mentioned, he obviously wants to control the line of scrimmage, and to do that, the offensive line is obviously really important, but the tight ends are in are involved with that too. And what I'm wondering with Nebraska's tight end room is do they have a body in there who can – um, you know, line up on third and short in November when it's cold and, you know, block a Big Ten defensive lineman really well and, you know, pick up a third and two or a third and three. Right now, I'm not really sure that Nebraska really has one of those bodies in there. I love what Thomas Fedoni brings as a receiving tight end. Um, like I mentioned, flexed out, you know, like there's a really, really, you know, fun things that we could do with that. But is he going to be able to block? Is he going to be, you know, coming off two back-to-back knee, serious knee injuries. Is he the blocker um, that, that everybody kind of wants to have as a tight end? Um, I, I don't know. Um, you know, there's a lot um, left up to the imagination with Thomas Ferroni. He just needs to get out on the field and prove it, and I know he wants to. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you look at others in the room, James Carney, A.J. Rollins, um, Chris Hickman, you mentioned, has had the position issues along with injury issues. There's just not a, not a lot of bodies, I think, that can line up and you know, be that be that nasty blocker that I think uh, Travis Fedoni was, and especially Chancellor Chancellor Brewington when he went in motion a lot. So, um, yeah, there's just a lot to be left um, desired with with Nebraska's tight end room, and I, you know, a lot of a lot of expectations are with Thomas Fedoni, and I'm just excited to see him out there and stay healthy and see what he can do. Steve, last one before we let you go here, really quickly. Um, you wrote an article about an hour ago on on your thoughts on Georgia's offense or offense outside linebacker MJ Sherman, who decided to pick the Huskers. This one, this this feels like a story that really moved relatively quickly. I mean, it, he enters the portal a couple days ago, and then I, if I remember correctly, and and now he commits to the Huskers on Monday. And there's a lot of SEC flavor from the transfer portal. I mean, what are your your quick thoughts? On uh, on MJ Sherman and how the Huskers may use him in Tony White's defense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my first my first kind of thought with with MJ Sherman is you know Tony White is really starting to build depth at that hybrid outside linebacker defensive end position and in his three three five guys that you know they can they can uh, line up on the edge in kind of a two point stance uh, on the line of scrimmage and you know. Um, maybe set an edge in the run game or maybe rush the passer, then they can also put their hand in the dirt and, and do the same thing. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of like this it, like this addition a lot because, you know, he's not very um, experienced on defense himself. I and mean, he spent three three um, seasons at, at Georgia, but most of it was as a backup, and most of his time on the field came on kickoff coverage uh, unit as the L1 defender. Um, so, you know, it, it when you look at him, you, you look at another – Another guy that's playing the same position as Jamari Butler, Blaze Gunnerson, another transfer um, from the SEC and, and Chief Borders, the former Florida Gator. All these guys, especially Kai Wallen, too, forget about him. He's, mm-hmm. Don't forget about him. He's a really interesting junior college pickup uh, at 6'5", 235, 240 pounds. So these guys, these bigger bodies who are athletic enough to kind of do multiple things on the edge 
um, of, of Tony White's three through five defense. You know, I, I think it's a really fun position to read about and kind of learn about. But, you know, when you look at him and you look at everybody in that room, I'm, I'm looking at Chief Borders. I'm looking at MJ Sherman and, and Jamari Butler, Blaze Gunnerson as guys who are going to get opportunities to, to make plays and, and be a really important position in, in Tony White's new uh, scheme here uh, that he learned at San Diego State. So, um, yeah, my, my biggest thing with um, MJ Sherman was uh, just the kind of hybrid outside linebacker defensive end position you just got another one because that's that's a position that needs to keep loading up because you know with the loss of Caleb Tanner uh Garrett Nelson you know we need we need more bodies and more production out of that um Position for sure. Yes, uh, MJ Sherman played in 39 career games, including all 15 for the Bulldogs the the past two seasons. And, and as Steve says in his article, recorded 15 tackles, one TFL, and a half of a sack as well. Steve, appreciate the time as always. Good stuff. Um, take take a little bit of a rest here because it's been a busy couple of hours and a couple of weeks. So take a rest, and uh, we'll see you Wednesday at the at the Husker Hoops game. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to take a rest. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But um, thanks for having me on, guys. That is Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska. Appreciate his time. As always, let's take a break. When we come back, it is uh, time for the crossover with uh, a or with AD with uh, Strick Strick. and Austin. There you go. Sorry, got a lot of. Sh- he got, gets, I, he gets I, back I'm, to Nebraska and you forget his name. Well, no, it's it's. I'm used to saying the spillover with AD and Raff. It's it's, it's the crossover with Strick. Which and one have Austin. you been saying longer? It's definitely the crossover, but mm-hmm. that makes me no. Think. Whatever. This I, is what happens when Rico. you bail on your own show. <laughs> Rico, right? I, have to, I have to think about it more when I'm doing the spillover. When I say the spillover, because I'm used to saying the crossover. The nerve. Just a lot of a lot of flip flap, flip flap. We're going to flip flop, flip flop. So, all right. Uh, also, Sean Payton talked to, on the Colin Cow Colin How Howard Colin Cowherd show today, and uh, he's spoken to the Saints GM. The pick that the Saints are demanding, a mid to late first rounder to interview and eventually sign Sean Payton. Do you have to trade the pick just to interview him? No. Okay. Because that would suck. <laughs> Think about the Saints. <laughs> hey, Chargers, you need to interview him? Look, look at this. Look at this. Look at this. This guy. Yeah. All right. He's uh, he's ready to come in and, and light this place on fire. So uh, coming up next, we got Strick and Austin for the crossover. Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of the happy hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.